0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Amen? Oh, let's go. I just want to share. uh, uh, We have, man, we have about an hour and three minutes, okay? We have an hour and three minutes before... 2017, and uh, I thank God for the last ten, maybe maybe 15 years of my life, I've been spending New Years in the house of God, and you know I was telling our church community here today, I was telling them that you know I, we're we're really not a traditional church, we're not, and uh, and I don't know if you've noticed that, but one of the things that that I do think that should always be a tradition, if if any is that when it comes to the new year, we spend it in the house of God. And that's just so important for me, that no matter what, hey, we can, be, we can be anywhere else any other time of the year. But when it comes to the new year, guess what? A new year, you know how they say new year, new you, all that good stuff, right? A new year doesn't necessarily bring in a new you. But a new year puts things in perspective where you take time to reflect and take inventory And begin to say, okay, what is God going to do in me and through me this year? And that's what makes you a new you. When you actually take the time to contemplate and say, okay, Lord, 2017, what have you called me to do for this year? Amen? Amen? Okay, let's open up our Bibles. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Uh, I have a two-hour message. Don't fall asleep on me, Selah. (laughs) Uh, our children are joining us uh, this evening. That means we are doubled in attendance. That means we're going to have more noise. We're going to have more excitement. We have more to get excited about. We have more running around to do. Uh, I want to thank all our volunteers that are here today. Uh, just giving up of, of their time. Let's give them a round of applause. Kuhao. Hey, I, I I know this, that, that that whenever God is going to do something, the enemy always rises up against it. And uh, that's how you know you're doing what God has called you to do. Amen. And so today there were all sorts of problems all sorts of dilemmas all sorts of stuff. But the truth is that no matter what comes our way, God is always in control and God remains faithful. Amen. Okay. Colossians chapter three, verse one through four. I have a two hour message that I got to preach in about 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 25 minutes, something like that, all right? Uh, and uh, it's funny because uh, me and Melene talk about sermon prep sometimes, and I tell her, you know, like, sometimes I don't get nothing. Like, I don't get anything. I just look at it. I just know that God gives me a word. He just says, here it is. And then I try to unpack the word, and I'm like, Lord, I this is only going to be like 15 minutes because I get the immediate download, A, B, and C. But when you start developing the word, when you just start um just mold like just just working it. The Holy Spirit begin begins to do something special. And then you you end up with eight pages of notes. And then you're like, God, this is too much. Uh, and so that's kind of what happened. I was like, I think I'm gonna go with three three pages of notes today. But I got six and a half, all right? So here we go. Colossians chapter three, verse one through four. Uh, I believe this is God's word for our church community for uh, 2017 that God is calling us uh, to a different level in him. And uh, Colossians chapter 3 it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with christ in god when christ who is your life what is christ christ is my say it with me thank you three people let's try again when christ is my life is now hidden with christ in god when christ who is your life appears then you will also appear with him in glory the new living translation puts it this way it says since you have been raised to a new life with christ set your sights on the realities of heaven where christ sits in the place of honor in the place of honor at god's right hand think about the things of heaven not the things of earth can you look at the person next to you and tell them hey can you think about the things of heaven and not of earth Tell them like you mean it. Tell them like you know you got that Stan Allen swag. Tell them like you ate your Wheaties this morning. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life. In your real life, someone shout, Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, the whole world. You will share in all his glory. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Father, we thank you. We thank you because you remain faithful. You remain in control. You orchestrate the world, the placements. You are the creator of the universe. You are the God of the heavens. You are the God of the universe. But you're also the God of my heart. Lord, would you speak to us in the most intimate way today? Lord, that this word may not be just a message that is being preached from a microphone. But Lord, that as... I speak and communicate to your people. Let it be as if you are having a one-on-one personal conversation with every single individual that is in this house. Lord, have your way in this place. That this may be much more than information being disseminated, but this word may be a life-transforming word for this new year. I thank you that you've given me the honor and the privilege to pastor an amazing church, called Kuhal. You've given me the honor to be the father of some amazing children. And that I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet who is also one of the most anointed women on the planet who is also the person I cannot live with or cannot live without. Correction. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. Amen. And amen. I guess the truth came out there. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love food. Any, any food lovers in the house, I love me some food. A bunch of gluttons. And, uh, but how many of you guys genuinely love food? Like, I don't know about you. Like, I have never met the person who dislikes food, who says, well, I, don't, I really don't have it. You know, that food stuff is really obnoxious. I just ate this food stuff. I don't like it. But I love food. And, and here's the truth. Like, I've loved food my entire life. Like I, from the moment I was born, I wanted my mama's milk. Like I just knew I I was born nine pounds fourteen ounces. You know what I'm talking about. I loved food even from the belly. All right. And so uh, I want to I want to share with you some of my story. So uh, we always ask like how did all of us get all of our brothers? We we got overweight and we got heavy except Reuben of course. And that's why we don't like him out of all of us. And uh, because he you know he just is thin and, um, he can eat everything and not gain weight. And I can look at everything and gain weight. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. I look at stuff. My wife, she just went to the doctors after not being to the doctors for over 10 years. Shame on you. And, um, and she is of a very wisdomy age. (sighs) I don't know what that meant, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she is of age, and uh, she is healthier than anything. I've. Like, she is healthy. There's nothing wrong with her, and I just wish she had eaten other type of... Uh, I, I wish she, I could say that she ate healthy food, but she eats chocolate cake all day, seven pieces right there. I look at the chocolate cake, and the calories just latch on to my hip. You ever been there? Like, you ever been there? I'm there. I look at food. I'm telling you, I fasted. I fasted, and I gained weight. That's how, that's how bad this thing is. It's bad, but I love food. And so, from a, from a, from from a, uh, look at my beautiful daughter looking at me. I love you, baby. Uh, <laughs> from a very young age, I've learned the beauty of what it means to uh, eat food and become addicted to it. There was a time in my life. That I actually ate, watch this, I ate three things almost every single day of my life. And this is my weakness. I don't know about you, but you've got, you know that weakness that every time you try to do something right, every time you say and you convince yourself you're really going to be on a diet this time? <laughs> that food which you absolutely cannot say no to appears magically in front of your face? For me, that is ice cream, particularly Hagen dazs if you haven't had Hagen dazs you haven't experienced life. I'm just letting you know. And so for me, every single day of my life, there, there, there came a time in my life that I just ate three things. I ate almost every single day some Hagen dazs ice cream. Another thing that I always ate was Doritos. Anybody like Doritos in the house? Nacho. Nachos, Doritos. And I almost every single day for, I'm telling you, maybe for a couple of, maybe about two years straight, I ate chicken tender melt with moderate Jack cheese on, on French fries with melted cheese on top. And you cannot forget the honey mustard on the side. All right. Now, there's something about food that is spiritual, because every time you get in front of food, you say, Hallelujah. Right. And so for me, I I ate that almost every single day of of my life. And what happened was, see, I didn't have any issues with food until I started realizing that food was was not doing me well because food made me overweight. Now, uh, I don't know how to explain this, but I was okay with eating the food, all the food I wanted. But uh, what happens is, is that on the inside, I was an athlete. Have you ever met that person who on the inside, they're a lot skinnier in their heart than they are on the outside? That's my big brother. I said it that because that's me. Like all my life, I was the, let's, let's, let's put it politically correct. I was the slim guy on the inside. I was a slim guy on a heavy set body. Amen. I actually went uh, kickboxing with Darius the other day, and I was kicking a bag. And he's like, you got power. I was like, no, I got fat. <laughs> That's what that looks like. Um, and, 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 and here's the truth, man. So, so what did I do? I, I became an athlete, and, and I, would, I became a skateboarder, and there was a time that I was just skateboarding. And I started trying to do these stunts that my, everything inside was telling me I could do it. But on the outside, it was saying, pump the brakes, bro, pump the brakes. You cannot do this. All right, I thought I was a wrestler and I thought I was the rock and I thought I was uh uh uh, uh Dan Hardy and and all the Hardy boys and 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 I was trying to do backflips that my body was telling me you cannot do that all right but on the inside I was gliding baby I was like a whole new world I was flowing like I was flowing but I was on the inside, on the outside, there was a weight that was holding, I want to be honest, I was a skinny man in a heavy set body, and if you don't believe me, I have the evidence to prove it. I want to show you this video, and I'm going to ask you to be, don't laugh at me, okay? (laughs) I want you to watch this video. Now, I want you to pay attention to the, (laughs) I want you to pay attention to the faith my wife had in me. This is me at 335 pounds. See, I thought I could do it. I believed I could do it. Hey, watch it, boy. I had faith I can do it. I'm flying, baby I'm Hey. I'm still going. This is 2011. Look at that big boy fly. Hey. I'm glad my wife supports me. Apparently her son is not allowed to be in the same trampoline as me. Look at that big boy fly, (laughs) Free Willy. We're trying to save rows everywhere in the world. (laughs) Sponsor a row right now. They're endangered species. (laughs) I want to talk to you on this subject called defying gravity. See, because on the inside, there were things that I was capable, I thought I was capable of doing, but there was an exterior weight that was holding me back from accomplishing what I knew on the inside that I could overcome and accomplish. See, I want to talk to you about defying gravity because there are forces that hold you down that keep you from achieving all that God has for you. See, quickly when I lost the weight, I lost about 75 pounds, and I started, I was able to do things that I I always knew that I can do, but I could never do them because there was this weight that was holding me back and holding me down. And there was this force that I was constantly fighting against. Have you ever been there? Have you been in that place where you knew that you can overcome, that you knew you were born for a greater purpose, that you knew that you were called to do something greater than what you're doing? But there seems to be this invisible force that keeps holding you down. Someone shout defying gravity. See, defying gravity is, is being able to go beyond the force that pulls you down. Defying gravity is reaching further than what you've normally thought was possible. Defying gravity means that I am going to take off. I'm not gonna simply stay on the runway. And so my prayer to you is, my prayer for you is that for 2017, man, we defy the odds. We defy the gravity that's been holding us back, that's been holding us down, that's been keeping us in the runway, that's been holding us from achieving all the promises that God has for us. Look at the person next to you, tell them this year, this coming year year. my goal is is to defy gravity give god some praise all over this room see the apostle paul says since then you have been raised with christ look what he says he says raised to a new life set your hearts on the things above Another translation says, the realities of heaven, which Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. See, the Apostle Paul, he begins to create this contrast. He says, there is a life that is above and there is a life that is above. Below, There is a life that is, that is held in the heavenly realities or in the heavenly realms, but there is also a life that is lesser than the heavenly realms. And, and I look at this passage and I'm saying, God, if, if we have been raised to a new life, if God has called us to a grander purpose, if we have been raised with Christ through the resurrection, why is it that the apostle Paul is telling us, keep your eyes or your hearts focused? On the realities of heaven. See, if we're already raised with Christ and we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, why does the Apostle feel the need to tell us, hey, keep your hearts on the things above? Keep your hearts on the realities of heaven. It seems to me like the Apostle Paul understands that our hearts tend to focus on and tend to go with the force of gravity. It seems to me like the Apostle Paul understands that our knee-jerk reaction, that our human nature is to simply go with the flow of what's before us. It seems to me like the Apostle Paul seems to communicate to us that, hey, listen, keep your eyes on the things above, because remember, you have been raised through the resurrection with Christ, and now you are seated with Him in the heavenly realms, but your heart will also find its way to go with the force of gravity and be held down and never be able to soar. See, the Apostle Paul knows human nature. He knows the struggle between the flesh and what God has called us to do. But I want to submit to you today that if all we do is focus on earthly things, we will never be able to carry out the intentions of God in our life. See, when he says focus, he said when he says set your hearts on the, th- on the realities Of heaven, he's not saying, "Hey, listen, I want you to focus on the clouds in the sky." He's not, not, and he's not saying, "I want you to focus on who you're going to meet up in heaven, whether it's going to be Peter or John or the archangel." Like he's not talking about, he's not going to, he's not, he's not saying, "I want you to focus on the streets of gold." He says, "I want you to focus on a perspective that is higher than the one that you're currently currently looking at." See, if you think that all you have or all God has done for you or given you is the earthly things, then you are simply shortchanging yourself from all that God has for you. Amen. Are you hearing me, church? Amen. See, if all we focus on is the earthly things, then we'll never get the greater picture of all that God has for us. And he says, he says, you have been raised to a new life. Set your hearts. Set your hearts on the the thing. He says there is a realer life. There is a realer reality. Watch this. That is found in the new life you've been given. That we ought to be able to live a life with a heavenly perspective. But when you choose to set your hearts on earthly things, we are simply viewing things from a disadvantage point in life. I think I think about how many times I set my heart on the things and I was not able to see. See, I I think about all the times that I set my heart on earthly things and I was simply able to see what was happening and not what God was doing. See, because if you only focus on the, the reality that's before you, you begin to neglect that there is a greater reality happening in the unseen world. And that's why oftentimes we make our battle In this earth, we make our battle here on earth. We make our battle with the people we see, where the places we go, with the problems we encounter. We make our reality simply what we see before our eyes, but God says there is an unseen force that you're constantly fighting with and you're taking it out on everything else other than the thing that is unseen. What is is the gravity that's holding you back? What is the gravity that that has been holding us down for far too long? Because, see, that's that's what it means to look at things simply from an earthly perspective. That's what it means when you look at relationships simply from an earthly perspective, you will get shortchanged every single time. When you look at finances simply from an earthly perspective, you will get shortchanged every single time. When you look at your life and your career, Simply from an earthly perspective, you will get shortchanged every single time. Because when you look at things from an earthly perspective, you simply see what's happening and not what God is doing. And so when you see laundry, you don't see, you just see the laundry. You don't see that it means that God has given you the clothes to wear. See, laundry is simply the evidence that God has given you clothes to wear. See, when you see dishes... You just see dirty dishes. But when you see what God is doing, you realize that dirty dishes is simply the evidence that God has provided you food to eat in your home. See, when you when you see your house a mess, when you see all the noise around your house and you see the kids running around. That's the evidence of God in your life that you're not alone and he's placed a family around you to console you, to comfort you, to make sure that you never feel alone a day in your life. See, when you're tired and you're exhausted and you don't know what to do with yourself and you got to be on like three Red Bulls, it doesn't mean that you're just tired and that's what's before you. It means that you're alive and God has put breath in your lungs. Come on, give God some praise in this house. He says, set your realities on the realities of heaven. Set your hearts, not on the realities of what's happening before you, but on the reality of what God is doing for you. Defying grad- gravity is to live the kind of life that only God can make happen for you. You must defy the limitations in your life and shake off the invisible force that's working against you. This begins by setting your heart with the realities of heaven, and when you set your heart with the realities of heaven, everything will follow. When you set your heart for the re- in the realities of heaven, you will see life from a different perspective. You will see life from a higher vantage point. You don't see li- life from a lower perspective, you don't see life from an earthly perspective. You only you don't just see the stuff that's in front of you. You see the things that our God, that our God, our Savior, our Lord is doing for you. Jesus kind of says the same thing in Matthew chapter 6. He says, don't hoard up treasures down here where it gets eaten up by moths, corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Look what he says. He says, stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust, and burglars. It's obvious, isn't Isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. Another translation says, is the place where you most want to be and end up being. See, if you believe in earthly, and you believe the earthly physical realities, all that God has to offer you, we're simply shortchanging ourselves. He says, listen, don't, this in context, Jesus is speaking to, his disciples, and he's saying, "Hey, I, I don't. I want, I want you to do something. I, I want you to look at life from a different perspective." He says, "Don't hoard treasures down here, where it gets eaten by moths and corroded by rust, or worse, stolen by burglars." He says, "Stockpile your treasures in heaven, where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars." Can I be honest? You know what happens to humanity. Humanity gets confronted with problems, but there are problems that we prefer more than others. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Roe? Here's the truth. We have a tendency to look at the moths and the rusts in our life and the burglars in our life and start making them our problems. You'll catch that on the way home. But he says, don't stock up treasures on earth. See, we're all gonna face problems. You're gonna face a problem. You might face a problem walking out this door today, and it's about it's gonna be 2017, and you're gonna be like, oh, I'm blessed in 2017. I'm gonna find my husband in 2017. I'm gonna find my wife in 2017. Somebody preach it. You preach, Pastor Rowan, shame the devil. But we're all gonna deal with problems. Hey, the, the, the difference is, are you going to deal with problems because of disobedience, or are you going to deal with problems because of obedience? See, we're all going to deal with problems. I deal with problems. You deal with problems. There is, a, there is an enormous amount of problems that we will face every single year, no matter what year we head into. 2018, we're, you're going to deal with problems. 2019, you're going to deal with problems, and you're just going to have more gray hair. All right? I got like six on my beard. Pray for your pastor because I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But the the truth is, what problems are you going to face? Are you going to face problems because of disobedience or are you going to face problems because of obedience? I don't know about you, but I want to make it my goal in 2017 that the problems that I face, that I, problems that come my way are simply because I've been obedient to the word of God, uh, simply because I've, I've, I've been walking towards the mark that God has for me. See, he says, don't hoard treasures down here. What's the command? Don't hoard treasures down here. But we tend to fight with the moth in our life, the rust in our life, and we rather deal with the, raw, the rust and the moth and the burglars because we're storing up treasures down here. You know why? Because it's easier to deal with the problem of the moth, the rust, and the burglar dealing with the realities down here. Because when you begin to deal with the realities of heaven, you have to deal with the problem of your heart. See, I'd rather deal with the moths all day. Come, come at me. I'm ready to deal with the moths. But the reason that we're dealing with the moths trying to tear up the things that you've been storing up here on earth is because you're disobeying the command. And he says, don't store up the treasures down here. Don't do... Here's the truth. There are problems... <laughs> there are problems that you'll never experience when you follow Jesus. There are problems that you'll never experience. You know what? A G650 jet is never concerned with car traffic. Are you hearing me, church? A G650 jet doesn't worry about car traffic. you over here worrying about car traffic, and God is saying, man, you, you're trying to pray about God or fixing your car traffic, and this is not literal, but your car traffic, when I'm calling you to fly above the clouds... You're asking me to fix up the jam that's in your life, and I'm, I'm telling you that it wouldn't even be a jam in your life if you focus on the realities of heaven. If you simply put your perspective as a G six hundred and fifty jet cruising all the traffic that those that are choosing to store up treasures down here are dealing with. Are you going to deal with the problems? Are you going to deal with the problems of disobedience this year? Or are you going to deal with the problems of obedience? I don't know about you, but I'm, I'd rather deal with the problems of obedience because I know that it allows me to see. I can see the problems from a different perspective. See, when you deal with the realities of heaven, look what he says, he says, don't hoard up treasures down here. Where it, eat, where it gets eaten by moth and corroded by rust, the worst, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasures in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is where your heart will be also. So you oftentimes want to deal with the moth because we don't want to deal with our own heart. We want to deal with the rust. I'd rather be in disobedience and deal with the rust. I'd rather walk in earthly ways and deal with the moths. I'd rather walk my way and deal with the burglars. And I'll pray about the burglars. And I'll pray about the moths. And I'll pray about the rust that is corroding my life. Because I refuse to deal with my own heart. You know what? Let me tell you, I'd rather... I'd rather, let's be honest, I'd rather pray to God to change someone else than change me. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the truth right now. Oh, can I be honest? I'm, a, I'm pretty good at praying for other people. I, I know what's wrong with everybody. Is that you? Are you like me too? That you know what's wrong with everybody else? I know, I'm glad we, amen, right there. We know what's wrong with everybody else. And so we're good at praying for everybody else. I'm good at praying for the moths. I'm an expert at praying for the moths. I speak in tongues when I pray for rust. Oh, rust, you cannot devour what I've been stockpiling here on earth. Oh, moths, you cannot destroy what I've been piling up here on earth. God says you, you wouldn't experience those problems anyway if you just allowed me to deal with the desires of your heart. See, because when you deal with the realities of heaven and you refuse to allow the forces to pull down your perspective, your desires are no longer earthly desires. They're the desires that God has for your life. You see, we want God to do the impossible in our life. But we want God to do the impossible in our life with our hearts set on earthly things. We want God to do the impossible. If i if i said If I had an organ player right here, I'd say, come on, how many of you guys want to believe in God to do the impossible for 2017? How many of you guys believe that God is able and he's going to make sure that the devourer is broken? And for 2017, how many of you guys, man, we have some church for 2017. But the truth is that we want God to do the impossible in our lives with our hearts set on earthly things. But God can never operate outside his character. And he says, I'm ready to do the impossible, but the impossible is found with the realities of heaven, not with earthly things. See, until God's supernatural becomes your natural, you will never see the heavenly realities. So for 2017... What would it look like if God's people defied the gravity in their life? I wonder what it would look like if, as a church community, we shook off the limitations that have been placed over our lives, that we have shaken off the force that continues to hold you down and continues to pull you away from the realities of heaven and keeps your eyes focused. If we shook those things off and said, for 2017, I'm not going to look at things from an earthly perspective because if I keep looking at things from an earthly perspective, my perspective, my perspective continues to be molded by earthly things. And it's a circle. Now you continue to feed your perspective with earthly things. And so your perspective continues to focus on earthly things. And earthly things continue to mold your perspective. And you continue to focus on earthly things. But what if today we broke the cycle in 2016 and said, I'm not going to let gravity. What's the gravity that's holding you down today? See, because how many of you guys know that? How many of you guys know that What holds you down may not be what holds me down. That what holds you down, see, each and every one of us have something that is holding us back from achieving all that God has for us. See, we love to to be spectators (laughs) of people who defy the odds as long as it's not us. See, we love seeing God heal people through other people. We love seeing it. We love seeing God move through other people. We love seeing it. We love seeing people get healed from cancer. We love seeing people get healed from disease. We love seeing people get healed from all sorts of illnesses. We love seeing people receive a prophetic word and operate. But we love to be the spectators of people who defy gravity until God is calling us to be much more than spectators, but to be participators of what he has for you. So what's your gravity today? See, Colossians says, since you have been raised to a new life. You have been raised to what? A new life. With Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor, God's right hand. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Look what Ephesians chapter 1 says. It says, God put his spirit. His, put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named only in this age, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And then he has put all things under the feet, under his feet, and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's an amazing verse, right? I mean, we hear about Jesus and we're like, my goodness. Look, look what the Bible says about Jesus. Listen to me. Look what the Bible says about Jesus. It says, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated whom? Him. Jesus. At the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who is filled all in all. But look what Ephesians chapter 2 says, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. See, oftentimes we love hearing these verses for someone else, but God is calling you. He's saying, see, are you willing to defy the gravity in your life and accept that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places? Or will we continue to live our life being held down? You know, gravity is not an issue. You know that, right? Gravity is not an issue in your life unless you want to fly. I'm going to take a drink of water. I'm going to let you marinate right there. Gravity is not an issue in your life unless, unless you want to fly, right? Unless you want to take off. So because you'll never feel the pull of gravity unless you want to disturb its work. And most of us, oftentimes, we live our life with the unseen force that's holding us down. But we never realize that we're being held down unless our desire is to leave the runway. See, because you don't know the meaning of life until you realize that you have been raised with Christ and you are seated with him in heavenly places. And though you have been seated with him in heavenly places, there is this constant force trying to hold you down and keep you from the realities of heaven. And unless you say, the gravity that was holding me back, the gravity that was holding me down, the gravity that was not allowing me to complete and fulfill everything that God has called me to fulfill, unless you disturb it, you will never realize it's there. And so if you never want to do anything in your life, if you never want to defy gravity, all you have to do is nothing. Because gravity is always there holding you down. And unless you disturb it, unless you want to fly, unless you want to move beyond the limitations that have been placed on you, unless you want to Go reach higher unless you want to go further, unless you want to become all that God has has for you in this new life that He's given you, you will never feel the force of gravity. But I thank God that for 2017, for this new year, that God is calling His people to go beyond their limitations, to go beyond their comfort zones. To go beyond what's been holding them down. And to face and to become all that God has called them to be. Give God some praise in His house. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12 says, Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us, from the grandstands, look what it says. Let us strip off anything that slows us down and holds us back. And especially the sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Keep your eyes Focus on Jesus. What is he saying? He's saying, man, you can run, but you can run better if you shake off the stuff that's holding you back, that's holding you down. See, when you look at things from the realities of heaven, you're not asking the question, is it wrong for me to do this? Should I not do this? Oh, God, is this the one? No, no, no. You you don't ask the question, is this the right one? You, you, You ask the question, do they help me run? You ask the question, does this push me closer to the purposes of God in my life? When a career opportunity arises in your life, You don't say, God, is this the right, is this the right job? You say, God, does this push me closer to the purposes you have for my life? Or does this hold me down? See, is this the realities of heaven or is this gravity trying to hold me back like one more year? Is this gravity trying to hold me back, hold me down one more year? The writer of Hebrews says, man, shake it off. Just shake it off. Just get it off of you. See, you can tell, watch this. You can tell the kind of person you are by the kind of problems that hold you down. You can tell the kind of person you are by the kind of problems that hold you down. And if you continue to, if we continue to deal with earthly things, earthly things will hold us down. But he says, there's a reality that exists. Watch this. There's a reality that exists that nothing on earth could harm it. Nothing on earth could take it away. They, they try to kill Jesus on a cross, but the reality of heaven saw that as the forgiveness for humanity. See, they saw it as they killed this prophet trying to rise up and create ruckus. But the reality of heaven was that this is the hope for humanity. This is the salvation for the world. <laughs> see, the problems that are before you, if you just see that, You're just simply going to see what's happening before you, but not what God is doing for you. You allow the problems in your life, the people in your life, the situations that arise in your life, if you simply just see them as earthly things, if you just simply see them from an earthly perspective, you'll never see the beauty and the amazing things that God is doing for your life. What's holding you for 2017? What's holding you this year? You know, for me, there's, there's some things that I feel like, you know, they're just keeping me from accomplishing everything that God has for me. I know there was a time in my life where there were certain people that I had to forgive in my heart before I could move on to everything that God had for me. There were certain struggles that I kept dealing with because I allowed my mind to be consumed with earthly things. There were certain addictions that I could not shake off because I simply saw things from an earthly perspective. So what's your gravity today? Can we bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.